You are now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. Mark 5 and verse 25. The Bible said, Now a certain woman had a flow or an issue of blood for 12 years. Now this is to be considered abnormal. This is very concerning. And... uh, It will be very concerning for a man. But even for a woman to have an issue or flow of blood for 12 years, again, is even abnormal and dangerous even for a woman. You have to understand that her condition is a serious one. And I think most of us, if we were bleeding for for 12 hours, we would consider it serious. So imagine 12 years of having a flow or an issue of blood that cannot be stopped, quenched, or put under control. And had suffered, in verse 26, she had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better. She wanted to be better. The indication that she wanted better is in how she sought the physicians. Not one or two physicians, but what the scripture labels many physicians. She sought help from many physicians. Notice this to the point to where the Bible reveals that she spent all that she had. How many believe like me that the woman wanted to get better? I don't believe she was going to all these doctors spending all her money because she didn't want her money. I think she sincerely wanted to get better. Amen? Let's start back over and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. We're taking our time. We really need to understand it. Here she is going from doctor to doctor, spending money, but her situation is not better, but it's worse. Imagine that now. You're spending all this money. You're going to see all these doctors, and it's not a knock against doctors because some doctors would tell you that they're not God. Come on. But, you know, some doctors will just continue to refer you as long as your insurance can. That a knock against all doctors. Now, but some doctors, if, if you don't get no referral if you ain't got no insurance. 
You know, you've heard folks say, well, they didn't refer me to no specialist. Probably your insurance probably couldn't cover that particular specialist. Amen? But it takes a doctor with integrity to tell folk that as far as science is concerned, man is limited, but God is unlimited. Come on, some of y'all ain't with me this morning. There are doctors that will speak the truth, that know they are not God. Amen? And I appreciate such. But notice, she done spent all she had, and she was no better, but rather, this woman's condition has gotten worse. So the bleeding now is worse than it was before she started going to the doctors. But in my humble opinion, her entire situation is worse because she's bleeding more and she's broke. She could at least say, well, when, you know, when I was bleeding, I had money. But now she, the bleeding is worse and the money is gone. Come on, just trying to break the text down before we deal with it. And some doctors, again, not all doctors, some doctors ain't dealing with you when the money run out, when the insurance run out. They're, they're done. You ain't going to get a visit. Uh-oh. It ain't like it used to be back in the day. Doctors would see you, this, that, and other. Then on your way out, you do your copay and this, that. Now you got a lot of doctors all day. You ain't going to the back until they got their copay. Right? Until they got that insurance card on. Some of y'all don't like when folk talk about doctors. And I keep up here stressing, not all doctors. We talking about all doctors. Amen. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well or better. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. That's when she touched him. She felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched me? Or who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you. And you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him Woo! the whole truth. What was the whole truth? I've been sick for 12 years. I done went from doctor to doctor. All my money was gone. But I got the talking to myself. Saying that if I can get to you. I didn't even need a conversation with you. I didn't even need you to touch me. I felt. That if I could touch you, 
the blood that was flowing would dry up. I'm already teaching right. And he said to her, verse 34, Daughter, Faith Walker's about to get happy. I said, Faith Walker's about to get happy. Daughter, your faith. You know what I love that he didn't say? Your luck. Wasn't nothing lucky about what happened to her on this day. You better watch your mouth. Even when folks say about you, well, what? Well, wasn't you lucky? No. No. He said, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, even before, the implication to the scripture is that she didn't know about Jesus. And once she heard about him, it changed her mindset. But even when she didn't know about Jesus, this was still a unique woman. Because even though she didn't know about Jesus, I love her because she wasn't ever happy about being sick. Come on, I'm, I'm going to teach this this morning. There's a lesson for us this morning. She wasn't, she wasn't the type of person in love with being sick. Because, you know, I, I wonder about some people. It's like they're in love with their condition. They got to let you know every time they hurt. They got to let you know every time they feeling a little discomfort. We, 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 we know about your back. Your neck. Your knee. Come on, somebody. You ain't got to every single time there's a little discomfort. You ain't got to remind us about your condition. But she wasn't happy. Y'all feeling me over here on my right side? She, it, 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 do do y'all see it? it? It's like she wasn't, she wasn't satisfied being sick. Can I put it in my own words? It's like she wasn't going to settle for being sick all the time. Then when she found out about Jesus, how about my left side? When she found out about Jesus, she sure enough wasn't going to settle for being sick. Not when it's a man out here walking around. They tell me he can do what doctors can't do. See, don't ever refer to God as a doctor in a sick room. No, he's more than a doctor. Because if he's just a doctor in a sick room, then he's limited like all other doctors. But no, 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 no. Whoa. But she wasn't going to settle. Let me teach this. Because the subject this morning is, if it ain't better, don't settle. Look at somebody and tell them, say, if it ain't better, don't sell them. 
look at somebody and tell him, oh, if it ain't better, you better, you better warn him first. Say, now look, now look, something about you need to know about me. Tell that neighbor, there's something you need to know about me. I'm all about better. Getting better. Doing better. Driving better. Living better. Wearing better. And tell your neighbor, if it ain't better, I won't. You finish it for me. Are y'all excited? If it ain't better, don't sell them. Give him a big hand to praise. Come on. If it ain't better, don't sell it. Let's deal with what it means to settle. Now, from a general standpoint, when we're just looking at a general definition of settle, because I'm using settle in a negative term. Number one, from a general definition, to settle is to accept less than what you want or what you desire. Now, 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 now hear me, that's, that's, that's general. To settle being to accept less than what you want or desire. But see, as a Christian, we have to be careful with this general definition. I said we have to be careful. Now remember, our mindset always has to be different than that of the world. We, we can never afford, even when we are dealing with something as simple as the definition of a word, we have to be careful. That we don't take upon us the mindset of the world. Because a lot of us don't recognize when it came to definitions of words or meanings of words, when it came to people like Webster and other folk, a lot of these folks simply went around the world gathering information on different words and their meanings in that particular region or that particular nation. And so as they would gather the meaning of words, you begin to have several meanings for the same word. Come on. Because what somebody else saw, somebody else saw something a little bit different, and they defined it a little bit different. Y'all stay with me this morning. And so when it comes to definitions, we never want to just look at what Webster says or even what Google defines a word as and take it to be our mindset. Why? Because our mindset sometimes has to be different than that of the world. I'm going to break it down. It, it has to be. Now, now, there are times that what the world says about a word, we can come into agreement that we agree with that particular definition. But like the one I'm giving you right now as a child of God, you have to be careful. Why is that, Pastor? Because if you deem settling 
taking less than what you want or what you desire, you might despise whatever process God has you in to get you to what you want or what you desire. Come on, I should have got an amen on that. Because, see, God's process in getting us to what we want and what we desire is not always the way in which we want to go. In other words, you can want something today that God knows you're not prepared for. You're not ready for it today. He wants to make you. Come on. He wants to mold you. He wants to prepare you so he can get you to where you want to be. But if you always say that, hey, I'm not going to settle. That ain't what I want. You might despise God's process for your life. And a lot of time we desire and we want, some of us, not all, based upon what other folk have that we think we want it too. Yeah, I'm going to teach this morning. You can want something that in totality you really don't know what you're asking for. It just looks good to you from the outside. But when you get on the inside, it takes a whole lot to maintain what people see on the outs. Man, oh, God is helping us already. He's helping us all. See, I'm talking from a mature standpoint. Because I've wanted things and didn't really recognize the upkeep. Woo! Yeah, I, I told you, we got a lesson today. God said, this is a lesson. This ain't no sermon. This, this is a lesson to be taught and one to be learned. See, you can think you want a Porsche. A Porsche. However you want to say it. I'm going to call it what I want to call it. It's my car, so when I go up there, even to their dealership, I call it a Porsche. And they'll talk about me bringing them their portion. But you can think you want one until something tears up. Come on, come on. Now some of us to the point you can think you want one and ain't nothing tore up. You just need an oil change. But this ain't the car for the 1995s. This ain't the vehicle for the twenty nine ninety five. This ain't the ten minutes quick lubing you out. No, we talking full service. We talking five hundred plus. And so you can gain just a little bit of information, and sometimes it causes you to well, I, well, I don't, I don't really. I thought I. You thought you wanted, or you think you want, 5,000 square feet. But you currently got 1,200. And you don't like dealing with one unit. You don't like when one unit go out. You don't like when one furnace give you trouble. But in that which is 5,000, you got three of them. So you can think you want it. 
You don't like vacuuming one room. Well, Pat, that's because I want hardwood. But hardwood got to be shined. It's got to be upkept. And if you don't like cleaning 1,200, oh, I hear you. You're going to get somebody to help you. I, I, I hear you. But see, you shouldn't ever get nobody to do for you what you wouldn't do for yourself. Now get you some help if you desire help, but not because you too lazy or you look down on it. Because you'll have people that will reject things. And they'll say, well, I ain't selling. Well, see, you just miss your better because it didn't come in the form of what you wanted or what you desired. So I'm messing with some folk mind now. I see about some folk looking now like, wait a minute. See, Israel, let's get it Bible, wanted the promised land, but they despised the wilderness. But when you look at Egypt, Deacon Hill, the wilderness was better than Egypt. And there is better that God can give you that is temporary. Oh, come on. And see, Israel got in the wilderness, and because it wasn't what they wanted, it wasn't what they desired, they made a costly error of looking down on who put them there. See, sometimes your first stop is just to teach you how to take care of something. How to value something. How to appreciate something. How to maintain it. How to fight for it. When somebody tries to take it from you, you're here just to, just, just. this is a learning stop. And see, that's all the wilderness was, was a place where God was saying, I'm going to teach y'all to depend on me. And you really need that in your life because I'm telling you, the more you get, if you don't know how to depend and trust God, more will crush you. More will have you worrying yourself sick. But when God brings you from little too much, the same way you learn to trust him with a little, he teaches you how to trust him. With a whole lot. Come on, watch it. So whether you need in ten dollars or a thousand dollars, you learn that the same God can give me either one. Come on, somebody. I said, come on, somebody. Because there's a lot of us that we miss God. And then folk would say, Well, Pastor, how do I know if I'm settling? John 10 and 4 talks about how 
God said, my sheep know my voice. And a stranger they will not fall. Pastor, how do I know if I'm settling? God going to let you know. The only reason some of us are doing certain things, the only reason we have certain things right now is because God let us know that this is of me. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Come on, somebody. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. See, it can be small, but God can be in it. And then sometimes God will give you something small. Let you stay there for years and then move you over to better. But watch this. But what you pay for that small, he going to give you double when it's time to lose that. He going to use the small to help get you in what is larger. But see, if you don't know God's voice, I'm talking to a whole lot of church people who Sometimes, again, we guilty in the church sometimes of just looking at what somebody else has and then just saying, hey, I want what he got. And this is when you got to teach like this. Because I don't ever want to be to the point to where I'm rejecting God's better because I deem it to be something that I don't want. See, remember, we limited in our thinking, right? Is that what Isaiah reveals? That our thoughts are not his thoughts? Our ways are not his what? How high is it? As high as the heavens are from the earth, so are his ways, so are his thoughts. So what am I teaching us? Don't get in the flesh when it comes to judging better against settling. See, you got folk in the world, they'll just won't take something. And they'll tell you, like, I ain't selling. Wait, hold up now. This better than what you. Y'all ain't never met no folk like that. You, you, you too low to be uppity. You, you, you don't need to look. It's like when you stop and, and a person is homeless and, and they by the road and you and they turn out they'll work for food and you offer them crackle and they're like, what is it? D does it matter? Yeah. It's edible. Woo, that word ain't sitting right with some of y'all, but I gotta move on. So you see so you gotta know God's voice. Number two, to settle means to accept that a situation will never change. See, to settle is to accept that a situation will never change. See, don't ever settle. Don't, don't ever get in your mind that a situation will never change. Because to do so is to settle. Because, see, that's even going against prayer. See, I know prayer changes things. 
I said, I know prayer changes things. And so I'm never going to get the mindset that something will never change for the better. Because I know prayer changes things. So never accept something just on the basis of this is all I can, can have in life. I know I'm teaching right. You got folk right now. You, you basically living, putting yourself down, if you will, thinking, well, well, well this is all I'm ever going to be able to do. And listen, that may be so when you just look at what you can do. But see, if you save, if you born again, you shouldn't just look at your life just based upon what you can do. Come on. Because some of us are living higher and better than what we by ourselves can actually do. You ought to give God a praise if you live in, in such a state where you know it's God that's sustaining you. You ought to give him a praise. It's God who is sustaining you. What you mean, pastor? Your job, your money, your health, everything about you is a God thing. My life is a God life. And I never accept, listen, that something can never change unless God tells me this is permanent. See, never call anything permanent until God tells you that it's permanent. Come on. Because if you don't, you can take what is temporary and you can treat it like it's permanent. And that's what's happening this morning. There are folk going through things that God deemed temporary. But they're treating it like it's permanent. They're treating it like it's never going to change that. You're treating it like even God can't help me with this. Even God can't get us out of this. Why are you treating what's temporary as if it is meant by God to be perfect? You better change your mind. You better change your mind because it was God that spoke ten times better. Why would he speak ten times better if he didn't want to change stuff? So you got to be careful of the company you keep. You got to be careful of the things you entertain. So you can entertain demons unaware. Come on. You, you can sit in your room and be talked out of a blessing. Watch this. By a demon that you can't even see. That's the reason I take seriously the 66 books. Come on. I like what Bishop Walker say. We don't keep it real. We don't keep it 100. We keep it 66. Tell you, when it comes to life, keep it 66. Look at somebody else say, when it comes to your life, keep it 66. 
Well, Pastor, what about the other books that were written? Listen to me. That's trash. If you think that there's a book that triumphs this book, you're a fool. You a slap fool if a man can write a book and tell you that this new book he wrote trumps the book God wrote. Something wrong with your mind. And you have people so deceived that they are searching for other books and they're not even living the 66 books. That's when the Bible say about certain men, ever learning, ever learning, but never coming into the knowledge of the truth. Pastor, what you going to do with stuff like that? Trash can. Nothing triumphs this book. Let me tell you something. As a man of God, this book tells me who I am. Come on. You don't tell me who I am. This book tells me who I am. This book tells me whose I am. This book tells me what I can have. This book tells me what I can do. This is it for Pastor Cocker. This is D66. And anything that contradicts what's in these 66 books, let me repeat it again, it's straight up trash. If you run out of wood, use them books. Come on, I'm being as serious as I can before I move on. I don't care how intelligent a man may be. When he says or she says, they know more than God, you just lost me. And I'm glad to be lost. Finally, to settle, and this is the definition I want us to have, to settle is to be okay or to be good. Not having what God says you can have. When you settle, you're good. You're okay. Not having what God says you can have. You settle. You're good. You're okay. Not being who God ordained for you to be. And see, I know folk who are not even being who God ordained for them to be. They simply settling. You selling when you think you're good, you think you're okay, but you're not doing what God has ordained for you to do. That's that's selling. Are y'all with me? Do y'all agree with me? 
Why settle when we serve the God of better? He's the God of better. I didn't get enough amen. He's the God of better. It's only because of Him that we can recognize better. See, if you single, you shouldn't settle being happy binging on Hallmark movies. And the only time you happy is when you pretending to be a character on there that met that special one and live happily ever after. And boy, if you could just binge on your Hallmark movie. Come on. I know I'm teaching it right. You mean the only time you really happy is when you binging on Hallmark. And, and listen to me. Y'all laugh, but the one reason their ratings is so high is because people love getting in front of a television pretending to be something that they're not. See, a single man should never settle for an ungodly woman. Brother, how in the world are you a sane man and you gonna settle for a woman that don't want nothing to do with the God you say you serve? Boy, you know you soft. Now you know you soft. That's the best you can do. Is grabbing something that's going to cheat on you? Pastor, all unsaved women ain't cheaters. Yeah, but women just so good at doing it. Just need to be careful. I know somebody says, I can't believe it. Did he just say what? Some of y'all women, y'all used to be, boy, y'all had a game. Now they want me to move on. Make a main thing, think, think you are all his. Because I just want somebody to go, go, go to move by yourself. I go to the movies by myself before I sell them. Married folk. If it ain't no fire in your marriage, there ain't no romance in your marriage, you selling. So you just got your roommate now. Somebody to split the bills with. I did somebody to share the load with. Word intimacy don't mean nothing. You just you just need somebody to pay fifty fifty on these bills. Why are you selling? 
God will put the fire back in that marriage. <laughs> Woo! Some of my married folks look at me like, I don't want no fire. I don't want no fire. Go on, Pastor. I just want somebody to go to Walmart with me. Remember, we should live according to what God wants us to have. I got to move on without going too deep. I remember years ago I talked to this man. He was 90-something years old. I was a young preacher. Went to Alabama to preach. I never forget. I was a young preacher. Preached hard that night. He said, man. Yeah, they remember because we drove all the way to Alabama for a $50 love offering. That's reason they remember. That reason she'll be, that's right. Because she remember that $50 love offering. It took us more in gas to get out there. <laughs> but anyway, I preached hard that night. And the, and the preacher said, he, he said, listen, young man. He said, God going to use you in a mighty way. You know how you do. He said, hey, God bless you. To God be the glory. He said, no, young man. He said, listen. He said, I'm being serious with you. He said, but there's something you need to know. He said, because there's too many preachers get caught up once they hit a certain age of thinking they got to have a young gal. He said, let me tell you something, young preacher. And I was like, I know this old man ain't finna go here. <laughs> he said, I'm 90-something years old. He said, Mama, 89. He said, and once a week, me and Mama come together. And we make it happen. And see, I wasn't who I was now. I, I'm in his office like, but I'm over 50. Now, have experienced some things. Now, what this 90-year-old said to me, has me saying, I will not settle. Ah, ah, Let me move on. And he looked 90, so he wasn't lying. He looked I couldn't wait to tell her what he told me back there. I got to move on because the youth ain't down there. But the youth were down there today. <laughs> young people, young folk, don't settle for imitating evil when you have good right in the home you live in. When you can come to church in youth ministry, your youth leaders, imitate what is good. Don't settle to imitate what is evil. You are chosen conquerors. You are trend settlers. And we don't want our children settling. We want every young person in this church to get better. Ten times better. And everybody in the youth ministry should be standing Letting every young person know in this church, don't imitate evil, but imitate what is 
good. Be seated. Young people, don't y'all be intimidated to imitate good. Whether it be college, high school, junior high, or elementary. If they're not ashamed to imitate evil, don't you be ashamed to imitate good. Don't you be ashamed to pray before the game. Don't you be ashamed to quote a scripture on the court while you cross them over. Give them Philippians 3 and 13. When the game is over, let folks say about you, he talking some trash I ain't never heard. Is he cussing? No. Wouldn't it be wonderful if your grandchild or child was out there and you heard their opposing coach yelling, hey, get the little boy that's quoting scripture. Somebody get on him. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going I'm to lose it when one of my grandkids hit one three. One three. And if I hear him quote a scripture, I don't care if they down by 20. I'm going to be like, that's my dog. That's my granddaughter. That's my grand. Stand. They write profanity on their shoes. You write a scripture on yours. Come on. Man, I'm trying to move, but if it ain't better, don't. I don't know. See a young person in the church with your britches head down on your. No, we don't do that. That's selling. That's trash. Come on, we got respect. Come on, young brothers, have some respect. Don't walk in a trend that you don't know where it came from. You don't, you don't represent what started that. Don't let me see you. And I know you're one of ours. I'm warning your parents. I'm going to say to them, get your pants up. Parents shouldn't ignore it. Come on, somebody. Teaching right. People don't like it, but. Child come to you want a scripture tattooed on, just tell them, hey, read it for right now. Just read it. Memorize. Just read it. Finances. Don't settle for being broke all the time. Y'all heard me. Oh. Something wrong when you always broke. You never have. Come on. Don't settle for worrying all the time. Let me give you two things that will cause you to settle. Let me give you two things that will cause you to settle. I'm in the close. Two things that will cause you to settle. Let's go to Jeremiah. Let's go to Jeremiah. Now I'm hoping by now something I done said done got under your skin. 
I am because this message needs to stir people. Huh. If it ain't better, don't sell it. God ain't put me in a season of ten times better for me to just go out here and accept what a man says to me. See, a certain messages God give you, it should have you questioning things that people say to you. Jeremiah 17, where we're going. I said, you have you quit. When people tell you that you can't afford something and you know what season we in, you, you ought to question that. You, you, you will never be, be happy again. What? What has happened in your life that you can never be happy again? I can't settle for that. I don't care if you say, Pastor, I done messed up. Yeah, but even if you messed up, you confess up. You you get it right with God, and I'm telling you, God will bless you. God will bless you. You get up. Don't you wallow in your mistake. You get up. You strive to do better. You say, but Pastor, people talking about me. Let them talk. They done messed up too. It ain't a person in this church. That ain't ever messed up. And most of us got better even though we didn't got every I, we didn't cross every T. Come on, be seated. That's what I love about God. I don't ever try to make nobody think. I got to where I am because I did everything perfect. I did everything right. I did everything I was supposed to do. No. There were times I did what I shouldn't have done. There were times I delayed better. There were times I didn't recognize better. I didn't appreciate better. I looked down on better. Come on. But now the man that you see... I won't settle in not one aspect of life where you convince me that I should settle. Not one area. I'm looking to him as the sovereign one. Come on, Lord have mercy. Jeremiah 17 and 5. The first way that you are two things that will cause you to settle. The first thing that will cause you to settle is trusting man too much. Come on, trust in man too much. Put in too much trust in man. Now listen, self is man. Self is man. Did y'all hear me? I screamed it loud enough. Self is man. You are miss better trusting yourself too much. Lean into, what, 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 what the proverb writer say? Lean not to your own what? Get to lean into your own understanding. You'll settle. You'll talk yourself out of battle. Jeremiah 17. And don't ever argue with nobody that want to settle. Y'all heard Minister Shamar's testimony about Walmart? He didn't tell it all. See, when I walked in the room, they arguing about it. She going not mama bear on him. She going angry bear on him. Now, what's going on? 
His part-time, he going to work at Walmart, some third shift. He ain't never worked third shift. I looked at him, I said, that's what you want to do? Yeah. <laughs> Trying to be tough. I said, I said, this is over with. I said, let him do it. I said, come say no. I said, go get your job, man. And she didn't speak to me for hours. You wouldn't have did that if that were one of them girls. I don't know why you treat him like that sometimes. I said, he a man and he need to learn when he put his foot in his mouth. The only way he going to learn this lesson is when he going to have to go over there. And he used to play ball, but he had quit ball and started at Walmart. To make the situation worse, because I stay up late at night. I used to text him, Brother Jaden, at 2 a.m. in the morning. You know what I text him? I say, put me in, coach. <laughs> you know Walmart wear them vests. He be walking out of the house. I said, I see you got your jersey on. <laughs> I ain't hearing an amen. I'm here. Oh, that's all. Oh, that, that, yeah. <laughs> so it's Carolina about that looking like you betting not ever. <laughs> Tell anybody, you better not ever talk to one of our boys. <laughs> Jeremiah 17, 5. We close. But sometimes, parents, you will. A child, you just keep keep saying and saying. That's when sometimes the best teacher for that person does become an experience. Didn't have to be, but hey, Jeremiah 17 and 5. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. See, that's what the woman was doing when she was trusted all them physicians. And see, she entered into a curse. Things got worse because her only solution for better was trusting in the physicians. Come on, somebody. And she suffered because to go from that many physicians says to me that most of it was experimental treatment. For working on her, y'all better listen, who did not know what they was doing. And see, when you trust man, part of the curse is that what man tell you to do will jack up your situation. Yes, it will. I said it'll make things worse. If the only reason you're doing it is because you trust in that man more so than God following that man's instructions, taking that man's advice, 
is going to mess your life up. Why? Because you are to never trust man above God. You trust pastor as pastor talks according to what God gives him to. That's line upon line. Come on here somebody. You don't just trust pastor. Just to be doing it. That's the reason I got to come out of the book. I'm finna close. I said, that's the reason I got to come out the book. And you got to know pastor to be a holy man. You got to know pastor to be a praying man. When folk tell you do everything that man tells you to do. No, but if it's God, you better believe I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it and expect my better. I'm going to do it and expect my bigger. I'm talking to somebody because you'll obey your pastor when you know God is speaking through your pastor. Do I have any witnesses? Anybody got better from a word that came? Not just from a man, but from God's man. There are many of you I told you it is well. Come on, some of you I told you it's going to work out. Better is here. Better is coming. Get up. Smile. Be happy. Shout. Come on here, somebody. But whenever we trust man more than God, yeah, you ain't going to get better. You're going to get worse. Do you hear me? Especially when you compromise your beliefs to get things. You're going to find out what you got ain't making you happy because you compromise to get it. See, I'd rather stand on the word and be happy with where God has me at this present moment. Oh, come on, come on. And nothing else needs to happen for me to give God a praise. Oh, I should have got some praises then. Nothing else needs to happen for me to give God a hallelujah, to let him know that I love him, that I appreciate him. Y'all better be careful. You better be careful. I need some real saints up in here. God been good to you. And you know how to praise him for where you at right now. Be seated. Now, I ain't talking to everybody when I say that, but I'm talking to some of y'all. And don't let me hear you say again that God going to do better. God has already done better. Don't you insult God. If you say anything, you say God going to keep doing better. God going to continue bringing better. Because to look at God and ask for better is to say that he ain't did what I know he done did. Well, I'm about to get happy up here. I can't look at God and say, God, do better for him. He's already. There must not be nobody else in the church like me. But if he stopped blessing me right now, he done more than I ever thought. I said he done did more.
Yes, he has. What God has done in my life. Finally. Tell your neighbor, finally. The second thing we do that causes us to settle. Now, I want the church to hear this in the close. Is that we don't use what we hear. We don't use what we hear. Remember, in our text, in our main text, the Bible said when she heard about Jesus. See, she used what she heard. See, for some of you to receive better and for some of us to continue receiving better, all we got to do is use what we hear. Use what we hear. Come to church, not just what pastor is saying, but when the MC is talking according to God's will. When the minister is praying according to God's will, receive it. When the praise team is singing according to God's will, receive it. And then use what you hear. When something tries to go wrong this week, Use what the praise team said. Use what you heard and say my response is. Hallelujah. See, that's using what you hear. If many of you would have been in that woman's situation, you may not like this, but you would still be bleeding. Because after she heard about Jesus, she used it, but you wouldn't have. How do you know that, Pastor? I can look at how many messages I have preached that I know you was here to hear or you was watching. Listen, that God told me you didn't use. When she heard about Jesus. See, God sent folk to this church whose life is at the bottom so that he'll cause them to hear something so that they'll come from the bottom to the top. But God said, you always got to remember, son, that there's people who love hearing, but they don't love using what they hear. Look at Mark 4. Look at Mark 4. Good word. I said a good word this morning. I'm a product of using what you hear. Yes, I am. Proverbs Mark 4. Mark 4 and verse 24. I said I'm a product of using what I hear. I'm a product of using what I hear. Donna, you remember when y'all look at him all for Donna, you remember when we first went to place of refuge? The first Bible study we ever attended blew my mind about how many people came to Bible study. I wasn't used to that. I said, let's go to Bible study tonight. She said, okay. We went to Bible study. I said, we were sitting beside each other just hitting each other. Like, look at all these folks in Bible study. I 
ain't trying to knock nothing but the church I had come out of a Bible study didn't mean a whole lot to a whole lot of people. But it was like, hey, Bible study is serious. But at the end of Bible study, the preacher happened to be bishop asked for a $15 love offering. Now, some of y'all ain't going to believe this. But me and Donna was like, who got $15 on a Tuesday? We would go to revivals. They asked for $50, $60. And me and I would just be at home talking like, how they giving $60, $70 on a Wednesday? See, I had been taught, don't ask folk in church for offerings. If you're going to do it, do it on Friday. Let folk get paid. I had a preacher tell me that one time. He said, don't do that. He said, people ain't got paid yet. And when they were asking for $60 on a Wednesday and a Tuesday, I was like, people ain't got paid yet. See, some of you missing it. God had to show me that there were people who were not living paycheck. See, the only way to give like this, it means you're not living. And then he started teaching about how God wanted people to be productive in every aspect. And I knew, I said, we're not productive in every aspect. We're still living paycheck to paycheck. We're struggling financially. Things are out of order financially. We're not good stewards when it comes to money. But see, using what I was hearing changed me. To where now I can give hundreds through the week. See, it got some fill up. Good for him. No, it's good for me, but he wants you to hear it so that you can use it. But when I first heard it, 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 it kind of, you know, I was like, wow. Now listen, if you hear and you say, Pastor, I love living check to check. Hey, I ain't going to get mad at you. But I'm just going to tell you, there's a better way. It's a better way. December the 25th coming. But that shouldn't be the only day. That you able to buy people good things that you love. I got to close. I got, I got to close. Yeah, it is. Mark 4. Mark 4. Just using. And see, now some of y'all got to ask yourself, do you really use what you hear? Because notice what Jesus said. Let me get it off of me. Let, let Jesus talk. Mark 4 and 24. Then he said to him, take heed, this Jesus, what you hear with the same measure you use it. You use it. You use it. 
will be measured to you. And to you who hear, consider what he just said, and use it, more will be giving. So one principle to getting more, according to Jesus, is using what you hear. Not necessarily looking for a raise from the job, but looking to use what you hear. If God wanted to come from the job, fine. But if you want it to come from an unexpected source, you should also say, fine. Come on. When she heard about Jesus, she used what she heard, came through the crowd and touched it. And the blood, listen to what the Bible says, and she felt, she felt within herself that she was healed. Jesus didn't have to tell her. The disciples didn't have to tell her. She felt in her body that things was better. That means a word can be spoken and you can feel or know it's better. It's better. Pastor don't have to call your name out. You don't have to come to the altar, put no all on you. You can just hear the word, use it, and know that your situation is better. Jesus looked at her. She told him the whole story. And then he said to her, go in peace. Be healed of this affliction. That word peace, I said it before. In the Hebrew, shalom. In the Greek, a reign. The root meaning of it is prosperity. Go and prosper. What was Jesus letting this woman know? Woman, you not only heal from that affliction, but go. And everything you lost, you are going to recover it. You are going to go in peace. You are going to prosper. Listen, and I'm done. But all this came about simply because she used she heard. And I'm saying to the church, if it ain't better, I'm done. Come on, give him a praise. I'm done. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.